And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you once again as we get set for another huge week in the NASCAR Cup Series this week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And uh, looking forward to that uh, solid mile-and-a-half track, a, a fast mile-and-a-half track as well that these guys get to tackle and I'm um, uh, going to be uh, looking forward to a lot of different aspects. The first mile-and-a-half track they have now on the schedule this year, and of course with that next-gen car, uh, we, we get to see a little bit more of uh, what this car will do on different types of, of racetracks. But with that being said, had our first two-mile racetrack there last week with Fontana and uh, Auto Club Speedway, and a great race. I'll, I'll say a, a fantastic race uh, all the way throughout there at California, and uh, if it is the you know the last race on that big configuration, man, we've it's it's given us some great races before, and um, it, it gave us another one there last week. Kyle Larson comes home with the victory. Uh, con- a little controversial. We'll certainly talk about that uh, here in just a second. Uh, but Kyle Larson comes home with a win. Austin Dillon, Eric Jones there in third. Daniel Suarez with a great run as well in fourth and Joey Logano in fifth. But obviously, um, when it comes to Kyle Larson winning that race, probably the biggest move of the race happened uh, with Kyle Larson battling in the middle there on the front stretch. He had a car down below, and Chase Elliott, who moved up to pass Kyle Larson on the high side, uh, the word from Kyle Larson and his spotter that the call was was late uh, to say that there was three wide and that Chase Elliott had gone on the outside. Uh, apparently Kyle Larson uh, moved to the outside to try and arc his corner a little bit more or break the, uh, break the side draft from the car below. And it ended up timing out poorly, obviously for uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson to make a little contact. Uh, Chase Elliott gets up into the wall, kind of ruins his day and Kyle Larson goes on to win the race. So obviously you, you, have the spotter coming out and saying it was his fault and whatnot, but uh, Brandon, how did you see it? I know as a as Chase Elliott fan, probably didn't make you too happy, but at the end of the day, is that just a racing deal? Uh, I'm, you, you hit it on the head there, PJ. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a racing deal, and no, I was not very happy at all. Uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 when it happens, you kind of look at it like this. You go, all right, well, we got guys in position like a spotter and, and a good a race car driver as Kyle Larson is and the big of run that Elliott had. You would expect, you know, he's going to check the mirror at least before he goes in corner entry, and the spotter, I, I feel like, could have seen that run coming here right after we pass the start-finish line. So, um, you know, it is one of those racing deals. I mean, it doesn't help the fact that, you know, you, you have a guy that battles back from being a couple laps down and uh, had a good race car there at the beginning of stage one leading and kind of spun out and got in, and got, you know, behind the eight ball a little bit and fought his way all the way back up through there. Um, you know, very similar to what Kyle Larson uh, had to start his race out with, starting at the tail end of the field. So, um, you know, it is a racing deal. I know this week uh, Rick Hendricks had all four teams down and pretty much had a come-to-Jesus meeting with them and just said, hey, this is kind of what we expect moving forward. And, um, you know, I, I from what I've read, I can tell Chase it and, you know, exactly still real happy about it. But Larson's kind of set his piece. And, and as you said, P.J., the, the spotter took the blame for it. So, uh, you know, very interesting uh, deal there, but what an all-around great race. I mean, we saw Tyler Reddick dominate there through the first couple stages and uh, fall into some bad luck there. 
you know, with the tires on this next gen car that that we had talked about a little bit after Daytona, and uh, definitely came to light last week at California. So hopefully this week we don't see as many problems with those tires because I tell you last week it uh it made a great race for the fans. I mean, caution field and a lot of good restarts and a lot of just great racing. But at the end of the day, I would I would love to see a tire that holds together, but. Uh, man, ready for Vegas. I think it's going to be an amazing race, like you said, coming to the first mile and a half, kind of, you know, these first three races, point-paying races, you kind of get the statistical data here to, uh, you know, hopefully go into some other places and set your cars up. Now, we'll have to see how that plays out down the road uh, as far as, uh, you know, these some other mile and a half we get to because there again, Vegas is its own entity and, a, you know, more of a D-shaped oval. But I tell you, I'm looking forward to a great one here. Uh, and, and like you said, I mean, what great runs for a lot of, uh, smaller teams, if you will. You know, I, I don't like to consider Trackhouse too much of a smaller team anymore with the, uh, with the purchase of, a, you know, Ganassi Racing and taking over that, uh, you know, that to becoming Trackhouse. But, uh, Daniel Suarez, man, had on that last restart, had a shot there to get the win. Uh, I think he needed the guys behind him just to race a little bit harder and get out there just a little bit more. But, uh, what a great run for him. And man, the iconic 43, the petty 43 there with, uh, Eric Jones, you know, finally coming to light so I, I think the next gen car the biggest thing that i've seen so far is the racing has been amazing but not only that a lot of these teams are able to uh you know race up there with, with a lot of the guys that we're used to seeing run up front and win these races and on top of that we've got some veterans man that are having some issues getting a handle and a feel for the race car uh, kyle bush there again and qualifying here for vegas you know spun it out yesterday and we've seen elliot spin it out we've seen quite a few guys you know lose control of this next gen so uh, I'm just looking forward to another great race uh, at Vegas today as we did uh, this past week at California. Yeah, absolutely. You you like to see the excitement and, and the fun and the exciting nature that last week was. You hate that part of it was because of the tires and because of NASCAR trying to figure this out a little bit. Um, it, it, you love to see Tyler Reddick and what he was able to do. It, it's funny that you, you mentioned him last week as, as your dark horse and – uh, you know, he, he was the guy that a lot of people were talking about. Las Vegas is probably, you know, a place that people got to talk about him again because uh, you got to think one of his best runs came at a racetrack like Texas, uh, which, of course, is a mile and a half, and I know some some strategy came into play there a little bit too. But he's he's been fast lately at these types of racetracks, and especially, of course, the two-mile tracks. But mile and a half, he's been pretty solid as well. So you got to look out. Uh, probably for, for him today a little bit, and maybe he can keep that momentum rolling, even from the bad luck there last week. Uh, it, it was crazy. It kind of had uh, the bane of last week come up on, on one wreck with two different guys, where you have Tyler Reddick with the tire problem, and then William Byron got loose right underneath him and, and goes up and kind of side-checks him, where uh, Tyler Reddick looked like he was, he was maybe uh, out of people's way a little bit. So, uh, obviously not Byron's fault. He, he just got loose, and, and it is what it is. So that was just very interesting, I think, to see uh, kind of the, the big two problems from last week come to a head on, on one corner. It's, it's crazy sometimes how, how NASCAR works out like that. But, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the great runs, I, I think, were insanely notable and, and great to see. I do love the fact that uh, Eric Jones is up there in the 43, and it wasn't like a gimmicky thing, right? It, it wasn't one of these things where he gets up there with two tires and, and ends up finishing in third. No, uh, I actually have the the, the lap span uh, in front of me right now. At lap 50, 
Uh, he was in fourth at lap 125. He was in second lap 200 there at the end. He was in third. Uh, Eric Jones was up there all day, and that, that was just great to see. But you also had comers and goers, right? You had uh, Ricky Stenhouse up in the top five and fighting for the lead there early. He drops all the way back to, uh, I think, the, the 20s or the 30s at one point. Fights all the way back up to, to finish in the top 10. Uh, you have Kurt Busch, who passed the most cars of the day, uh, kind of struggle a little bit there, but come home in 8th. Kevin Harvick, who struggled all day, comes home in 7th. Uh, so you have these stories of these guys being able to come and go, uh, have their issues, fight their way back up and things like that. I mean, Daniel Hemrick at one point was six laps down, and he comes back to finish ninth. Um, so uh, like you said, I think that's a testament to this new car. Part of that, yeah, is uh, especially with Daniel Hemrick, is how many cautions there were and just how the race played out. But man, if every race is, is kind of like uh, we, we saw in California with these guys being able to, yeah, struggle with their car a little bit, have to handle it, but also be able to go through swings and be able to uh, recover from maybe a bad swing in in an even better way. That's something that I think we struggled to see with the last car and, and with some of the last last racing with the last car. And if if we have more things like this where guys can really recover uh, from, from some bad things happening to them or, or maybe a bad change or something like that, I think that could be huge uh, for this car's potential. Oh, yeah. I mean, you said it. The, the tires and the cautions come down to be everything. I mean, you know, Daniel Hemrick there, six laps down, comes back. I mean, I, I don't know the exact count on the caution, but we had talked over and under eight. And I know it was over eight, close to 11, 12 cautions there. So you're able to come back and get some, uh, you know, you still have to be in that position to get that lap back, but you're, you're able to get some laps back. I mean, Kyle Busch, for example, spins out early, goes four laps down, finishes 14th. And, I mean, and that's a guy we're used to seeing, uh, say, 10 years ago, if he went that far down, he's going to drive the car hard enough just to wreck it and be done for the day or just park in the garage and say, I'm done. Um, so I, I think that the tires definitely play a big part in the cautions. And I, I think once NASCAR kind of gets figured out what they're going to do with these tires, um, if we continue to to have that issue, um, it's going to kind of alleviate some of that. You know, for the last, you know, 10, 12 years, like you said, PJ, you go a couple laps down, you know, three, four laps down, there's no coming back from that. Uh, it wasn't very caution-filled racing. Um, you know, the, the tires were well. The cars handled very well, so there wasn't very many accidents or, you know, getting loose or getting tight off of a corner, per se, uh, lap after lap or, or big swings throughout the run. So I think that's something that it, it speaks volumes for what NASCAR did with the next-gen car. Hey, we're going we're gonna to bring it back. We're going to make some things tougher on the best drivers that we have in the world um, to go out here and actually have to drive these race cars. So some guys there are, are you know, compliant with what we've had of going, okay, let's set it up and, and it's good, and I want it to drive like, you know, the, the Sunday Cadillac drive down to the beach or something. Uh, so I definitely love it and the fact that they, they've made them more difficult. I love the issue with the tires we're having right now because of the cautions and the restart. I think for fans, it's great. Um, for me personally, watching it so many years, I think they really need to get something figured out. I do not think it's right for guys to be able to, you know, blow a tire, get stuck, go four laps down, and then have to fight back and hope there's cautions enough to do that. So there, there needs to be some rule changes, um, which I kind of wanted to get your opinion on here, maybe in this next segment about some of the things we're seeing in NASCAR with the penalties and the rules. But 
But, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I think fans love it. I, I haven't been disappointed in one race that we've watched all year with this next-gen car, and I can guarantee you with some of the places we're getting ready to go, like the Atlantis, like the Bristol on dirt, like, I mean, a lot of things that we have this year to look forward to in NASCAR, uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of good uh, moments for us as fans to talk about for sure. Uh, you're right about that, and that, that sounds great. Uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit here in a few minutes on Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you as we get set for Las Vegas later today in the NASCAR Cup Series. But hey, remember to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock there at Coach's Corner with our guy Brandon Bain. Uh, they're at Coach's Corner, so go get a great dinner, uh, have some great entertainment there as well. And, of course, Brandon will catch you up on rubbing and grubbing on all the latest NASCAR news, get you ready for uh, race day and race weekend there as well. Every Wednesday night at 6 at Coach's Corner. If you can't make it to the restaurant, hey, no problem. Uh, be sure to check it out on Facebook Live there at Coach's Corner's Facebook Live every Wednesday night at 6 for rubbing and grubbing. But uh, Brandon, you, you mentioned uh, some of the rule changes and some of the penalties and things like that that we've seen from, from NASCAR uh, here over the past few weeks. An example of those uh, over the past few weeks uh, that, that's kind of a, a new page for NASCAR. And one of those, yeah, is, is these tires. And I, I do agree with you uh, that, that we, need to, we need to see something change. Uh, they, they are impacting the race um, way too much. And not only from a failure standpoint, not only from it being dangerous with with guys uh, losing wheels or, or losing parts of their wheels or, or it just completely blowing in, in certain points of the track, which we know how, how fast these cars can go in certain points at, at certain racetracks and how dangerous that can be, uh, but also just like that, just like, as you said, when someone spins out and, and their car is perfectly fine but all four tires are, are down, on the asphalt and they, they can't go anywhere and then they need a tow. And of course that, that takes time and that puts some laps down and that's, that's ruining someone's race potentially for absolutely no reason. Luckily there was 12 cautions, like you said, uh, 12 cautions there in California last week for some of those guys to recover. Uh, but uh, I mean, you see it, you saw it at Daytona 500 as well with, uh, I mean, if they spun out, they were going to lose their tires. And if they were in the grass when they lost their tires, it was over, you know, they, they, they had to, they had to get towed or something like that. And that, that costs, insanely costly time for all those guys. NASCAR did such a great job, too, with these bodies and how kind of almost indestructible they are. We saw several different wrecks over the past few weeks that in the past would destroy a, a whole section of the NASCAR um, in, in prior years. And this year, it's a little bit of damage. They, they recover very well on pit road, and boom, they're, they're ready to go back out there. So uh, that's been crazy to see, but the tires are just so flimsy. And if there's an issue, that there's not a lot that can be done with them, um, and, and you're probably losing four or five laps. So that that just can't happen. That There needs to be a change with that. I kept an open mind with a lot of these changes, especially with the tires, uh, but you know we're, we're seeing it affect the race way too much. But uh, that's, my, that's my thought on the tires. Brandon, I know you probably had some more rule changes that you had in mind, and uh, what were some of those? 
Yeah, so I mean, I definitely when we're when we're speaking on the tires, I mean, I, it's, the season has begun. I know they produce these tires as we go on through the season. A lot of them are produced. I mean, it's kind of too late to ask Goodyear and NASCAR to get together and either figure out a way to put an interliner back in it or come up with you know some kind of different design for this tire to where guys are able to make their way back to pit road. So, um, and I've been a been a big complainer of the tire in NASCAR for a long time at a lot of tracks, um, minus the Californias and the old Atlanta, due to the abrasiveness of the asphalt there but we Goodyear and NASCAR came with a lot of hard compound tires to where at a lot of racetracks we went to tires meant nothing uh there we saw it last year and, and multiple years to where at a lot of tracks guys would you know maybe not change tires every single pit and because the lap times really didn't pay any benefits for the time and track position you lost on pit road so I, I think it's a fine balance of finding the right compound a soft enough compound that you can definitely get tire wear to where tires matter um and then we got to get the issue fixed with the cars um and, and i think the easiest thing and, and it's just a simple rule change i mean it's very similar to what they're doing now when a guy gets a flat hey the, the race is going to go under caution they're going to run four or five six laps however many laps it takes for the guy to get towed back to pit road but if that guy is not involved in a multi-car crash and and it's not damn under a damage policy in nascar and and things of that nature i think they should be able to be pulled back um to pit road not lose any laps um you know the the race still counts down the laps but the driver themselves don't go four three to four laps down because of an issue with the tire nascar and goodyear design uh but basically be able to repair those tires and restart at the tail end of the lead lap because in years past we've seen that's pretty much going to be the nature of the beast anyway so um you know i think that's the simplest fix for them and i think that's probably the most you know cost efficient and best solution as of right now with the tires um but something else i wanted to get your opinion on is what how you feel about these pit crew members when we violate pre-race inspection uh, whether it be one two or three times and you're losing uh you know chief engineers you're losing tire changers you're losing a jack man um you're losing all kinds of different valuable people there on your race team so i wanted to get your opinion on it do you think here in the future if we're going to continue to have this steep a penalty in nascar as far as uh the inspection goes are we going to start seeing a lot of these teams load up a roster like we do in college football and baseball of having depth at those positions? Um, because at any given time, we know we're trying to push the envelope. We want to get these cars figured out as quick as possible. We're trying to, you know, beat the curve in a way. We want to be the first ones to figure something out. And if you're, if you're not the first one, you're the last one and you're kind of behind, behind already. So. Um, do you think, in your opinion, we're going to start seeing a lot of these big NASCAR teams start loading up with a lot of valuable talent at Tire Changer, at the Gas Man, at the Jack, you know, on the pit crew? Or are we going to start seeing depth there? You know, that's that's a really incredible thought and, and question, and I think that's, that's really poignant, and I think it's true. Yeah, I, I think with, like you said, with that steep of a penalty and, it's it's wild, man. I I know NASCAR wants to you know affect these teams in some way and make penalties actually mean something, uh, but but yeah, that's that's pretty steep and that's uh, a pretty wild uh, type of type of penalty there when it comes to failing inspection and, and things like that. You know, I I think also if you talk about the nature of the rule, right? Like you said, NASCAR drivers, NASCAR teams are going to push the limits on on any rule they're given. That's kind of nature the nature of the sport. It's it's crazy. It's it's one of the only sports that I think people expect not really cheating, right? Not not really cheating, but pushing that envelope 
And I guess that there's an old quote that if you're not cheating, you're you're not trying in in NASCAR. So you could call it what you want, I think. But pushing the envelope, I think, is is probably the best way to put it. And I think there's actually a really good discussion on this between Chad Knauss and, and Dale Jr. on uh, Dale Jr.'s podcast, by the way. Just uh, throwing that out there, and and I think it's great radio, great a great listen to if anyone wants to check it out. But I think with with NASCAR, you kind of you know, trying to limit that more and more. And I just don't think that's anything that's ever going to leave the sport. Teams are always going to gonna push the envelope with this and try and find a way around it. And I think we will see rosters load up like it's loading up right now with uh, Stuart Haas Racing. I think one of the biggest and, and uh, most interesting moves of the offseason, uh, they talked about it there with Tony Stewart last week on the broadcast, was naming... Uh, Daniel Hemrick is uh, Stuart Haas's relief driver, permanent relief driver. So in case anyone, um, you know, has any issue or anything like that, they're going uh, to to Daniel Hemrick, and he knows that he, that's who they'll call. And now, um, is that maybe an official title for something that a lot of teams probably already have and and have good relationships with other guys? Sure, but at the same time, I think we're going to see positions kind of sprout up in in rosters. Uh, fill out NASCAR, maybe a two and a three deep uh, when it comes to, yeah, not only the drivers, but also the, the crews and things like that as well. So I think that's that's a really good point. I think that's very much something we could see. And also that's an incredible point with the interliner um, as well. I'll never understand why it feels like NASCAR kind of found something so great with the interliner and praised it during uh, certain races and, and whatnot. And then you take it away. It's a, it's a lot like having the safer barrier and seeing how many uh, lives it saved and everything like that and being like, all right, we're going to take it away now. That, that, that doesn't make any sense, right? So uh, that's been crazy to me. But yeah, I, to, to your point, I wouldn't be uh, surprised at all if we saw some rosters fill out a little bit more in, in NASCAR. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's something that's definitely got to happen. Uh, you know, it's not like it's a run uh, one-race suspension. These guys are, you know, three, four races. And, and it's not only the valuable, you know, the valuability of somebody that is in that race team and, hey, this is, you know, you're the best tire changer for the 48. You're the best gas man for the 24. Um, you know, it's the chemistry of the team on the pit crew as well. These guys are still learning the new dance, right, with the new pit stops. I mean, we go from the five lug down to a single lug and things are are done different and, and we're still trying to get the ballet of it all down. So when you lose a key member that practices with these guys week in and week out and day in and day out at the shop and on these things and you lose them for three or four races and somebody else has to step in, um, I definitely think it's going to be a very valuable item here in NASCAR in the next two, three, four years if we continue to see these steep penalties. Uh, and, and there again, I think it's also something we're going to have to keep an eye out on is, you know, the pay scale of these guys. I mean, they, they make pretty good money for what they do. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if, if somebody is very valuable and this is one of the best guys at doing, doing what they do, whether it's changing tires or, or a gas technician or, or a, a car chief, who, whoever it may be, um, I definitely think the pay scale is going to jump a little bit too, because I, I, the way I see it now is when you lose your, let's say, and, you know, your one tire changer, and you're going, okay, who can I call from Xfinity or, or does, you know, does the 11 have somebody I can borrow for four races or, you know, how, how does that all work out? But uh, I, I definitely think it's something that NASCAR and, and, and car teams and owners are going to look into here in the near future. And, and I feel they're going to start loading these teams up uh, with a lot of talent 
while they push the envelope on this new card to get it figured out. And then they're going to break some rules, and they're going to get penalized. Uh, we've seen it with Kurt Busch. We see it this week with Chase Elliott and five other guys. Um, so it, it's it's just a, it's a nature of the beast right now, but I definitely think it's going to be something that we look forward to uh, here in the near future in NASCAR for sure. Hey, man, that's the thing. That's how NASCAR works a lot of the times. But when they get penalized, they're going to find a way uh, to make the blow, uh, you know, as less least impactful as possible and, and try and get through it. And I'm sure that's what they're going to do with this as well uh, moving forward. So uh, we'll see about that. We'll see about these teams this week as well at Las Vegas as we talk about and make our picks for Las Vegas and the NASCAR Cup Series later today when we come back here on Green White Checkered on ESPN Radio. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you on the show. Also, be sure to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night at 6 with our guy Brandon Bain there at Coach's Corner. But uh, Brandon, Las Vegas later today. Let's make our picks and our dark horse pick as well. Who you got today at Las Vegas? Well, I'll see what PJ. It's uh, it's it's pretty much the same game, uh, same name as what we saw last year. I'm I'm gonna go with this first back-to-back win, and I got to take Kyle Larson first. I mean, we saw him get his win here last year. Um, obviously, a totally different car, totally new situation. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, I, it seems like with this guy, once he wins once, he just kind of gets on a roll, and I expect him to uh, come out today and have another great performance for sure. So uh, we'll take Kyle Larson first, two for me. Uh, as another guy I think I talked about good at the very beginning of the season, I mean, it's a guy that's kind of been a staple there. He, he came in very young, got a lot of years under his belt, and that's going to be Joey Logano. Uh, there again, I mean, we, we know that, you know, I, I think the talent and what he does, he's kind of got this car figured out uh, of one of the best, let's say, top five right now. Um, so I think you got to look out for him. Uh, to have another good run there at Vegas. We've seen him win it before, uh, so you got to definitely look out for him. Uh, three for me, I, I tell you, it's really hard, but i, I got to go with my boy Chase Elliott. I always got to put him in the top five, man. I think the fire's lit underneath him, especially uh, after last week there in California to battle back the way he does. Um, and almost feel like it was taken away by without his own doing. So I definitely think it lit a fire under him. Uh, I think I feel a little rivalry brewing between the nine and five, which can be a great thing to push each other through the season. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and take Chase Elliott uh, third spot. Four for me, uh, man. I tell you what, we got to go here with a guy I haven't talked much about this year, but I look out for Martin Truex, man. He's been kind of quiet so far this season. Uh, hasn't really been up front contending for wins. I think that might change a little bit today uh, if he can get the 19 car dialed in there. I think that he can definitely be a contender at uh, Vegas for sure. And we'll go five. I tell you, it's a guy that I, I had a really good feeling about last week at California. Uh, that I tell you, he had a really good run. He battled back from it. Ended up kind of having some issues there again with the tire and it pretty much right this day um and it's not a guy I usually put on this top five but I, I look out for the 20 of christopher bell man that's another guy out of that jgr camp like i said um that's young enough and i think that uh you know younger guys adapt to the sport a lot a lot quicker than older guys do whether it be the feel of the race car or just the changes that they go through so uh, we'll throw Christopher Bell as a, as a little dark horse on the top five, man. So we'll take that. And then uh, my dark horse for the week, man, I, I, it's hard to go away from Tyler Reddick. It really is. I mean, uh, he had such a good run there at California, and, is lot, and you expect him to bring really good equipment here at Vegas again. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for him. Uh, but I tell you what, man, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been doing a great job here through the first three races of the season so far. I mean, we saw him at Daytona kind of get wiped out by Brad, but uh, the other two – 
he he's contended up there in the top ten, top fifteen, bouncing back and having some speed in his car. So uh, we'll we'll take uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as well, man, for sure as the dark horse. But uh, yeah, looking forward to a great race. Thanks as always for having me on, PJ man, and I uh, can't wait for this race, brother. Yeah, Brandon, great picks. I think there also my my list is going to be pretty close to that. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson, number one, too. I don't see how you get away from him, especially uh, with just how well he's handled these these new cars and, of course, how good he is there at Las Vegas. So Kyle Larson running through that momentum. I'll pick him there at number one. Number two, Joey Logano, always good at Las Vegas, and he has had really good control of these cars as well. I think Penske as a whole has a really good handle on things and are really strong right now, and that's why I'm going to go Ryan Blaney, number three. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott, number four, carrying on that momentum from last week a little bit. And like you said, lighting out fire underneath him with how things turned out in California. Number five, in my top five, I'll have Dan- I'll have Tyler Reddick. I think Tyler Reddick is set for a really good drive uh, here at Las Vegas. He's starting in the top ten, and we'll see if he can keep those tires underneath him for the whole race later today. Uh, I like your dark horse pick there, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I'm going to go with Eric Jones, carrying on that momentum there from last week, getting out 43 in the top five again. Hopefully we can see him with a top five, top ten finish, and we can see this consistently uh, with Eric Jones and this new 43 team. But uh, for Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko, hoping you have a fantastic rest of your race day and weekend. Stay safe wherever you go and whatever you do. Thank you for listening to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. Have a good one. God bless.